that the people living in darkness because of Christ have seen and will see a great light, that this light has dawned. Psalm 139, which is one of my more favorite passages in Scripture, if you're familiar with it, um, when it talks about God and it talks about how great God is, it says that even the darkness is as light to God. And I can't help but think, and we have the, the benefit of seeing all of Scripture and reading it all together, and so we know this is used over and over to talk about Jesus, but I can't help but think about how wonderful light can be. Think about a great sunrise or a great sunset where the light, the sky lights up all different colors, pinks and purples and oranges and red, and how light can be so awe-inspiring to us. And sometimes we don't even attribute it to Christ. We simply just say, look at how beautiful the earth is. Look at how beautiful nature is. And I think about that, and I look at what it says here. Those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. How wonderful is Christ. I look at this passage, and this isn't even really what I wanted to talk about specifically tonight, but I can't get past just how wonderful and beautiful light is and what it means to our lives and our world. I mean, I was just speaking with people today, and I'm complaining about the heat here and how hot it is today, and everyone who lives in Zurich is saying how wonderful it is. It's been so cold. It's been so awful. Everyone in Zurich has been waiting for the light to come. Light does so much to our lives, and it's such a wonderful picture of who Jesus is and what he does in our lives. And, and we know this and we see this, and so the main passage I really want to focus on tonight is that verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, it's a familiar phrase if we've read through the New Testament, and if you've spent some time, you know it comes up a lot. It shows up in a lot of different areas. And what I like so much about this is, is, is it doesn't give a whole sermon like the Sermon on the Mount in the next chapter. It doesn't give all of, a, a lot of details. It just simply says that this is what Jesus preached. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Or different, some different translations would say, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the reason I chose this passage to speak on tonight was because when I first read this, I remember about a year and a half ago, not first time, but the first time I began thinking about it this way, I read this and I thought, how would I teach this? Maybe it's just because I'm a pastor and I like teaching the Bible. But I read this and I thought, how would I teach the kingdom of heaven is near? And I didn't know the answer. And so I'd ask you, think about that maybe. Think about if a friend or a family member came to you who wasn't a believer and they knew you were a Christian, and they said, I've, I've picked up this Bible, and I've been looking through it, and there's a lot of things I have questions about, but one is this, is that it says, Jesus preached, the kingdom of heaven has come near. What might you say? How might you explain it? Um, odds are some of you are much smarter than I am, and so you have an answer, but when I first thought about that, I wasn't sure. I thought, well, maybe... Well, maybe heaven, right? So the kingdom of God is about heaven, and, and one day we're going to get, and that's where God reigns. It's like, well, okay, no, but God also rules on earth. So, um, but, it's, but it's not because there's still sin. So I, you know, I, I struggle. <laughs> How would I answer this question? And, and to be true, I've actually asked a handful of people in the last year who have done some of the same things and have wondered, how would I answer this question? And aren't really sure. 
And so tonight, I would not only like to give you maybe something that can help if this ever does happen, but also something that I find very encouraging. It's true that the kingdom of heaven is, or the kingdom of God is heaven, and that we look to heaven as the kingdom of God one day. But is that the only goal of the Christian life? Certainly not. Jesus says in John that he came that we would have an abundant life. Not that we just simply accept our salvation and wait to get to heaven. And as I said before, when I was thinking about it, I'm thinking about, okay, the kingdom of heaven is, or the kingdom of God is like heaven, but the God also rules on this earth. And, and when Jesus said this, he said that the kingdom of heaven is at hand or is near, is here. It's not just later. And that phrase, when I looked into it, the heaven has come near or the heaven is at hand, really began to challenge me. Because it's not just heaven. It's not just something I'm waiting for. It's something that is here and now and today and tomorrow and Tuesday. And I began to realize that the kingdom of heaven was about every day sacrificing our lives as Christians to experience what he desires of us in a joyful, abundant life. And, and, and the reason this was so impactful to me was because my wife and I were at a wonderful time where I wasn't working, and she was. And I had just finished a master's degree, and I was wondering what in the world God had for me. And days would come and go, and I wouldn't really do anything. Some days I'd go grocery shopping. Some days I'd work in the garden. Some days I'd probably watch too much TV. And I remember wondering. I read this passage and thought, I don't feel the kingdom of God. I know that Jesus said that the kingdom of God is at hand, yet I'm just kind of waiting for heaven. Or I'm waiting for what's next. And as I read this over and over, I realized that's not what God has for us. The Lord does not desire for us just to wait for what's next. You know, something that God has been showing me is how every day, through the power of the Holy Spirit, He can use people and, and, and Scripture and prayer and truth to, to begin to regenerate our hearts in difficult times, to begin to heal us of things that have broken us from the past, or just difficulties of the day that we might experience God. And, and what's so amazing about this is that as we do this and as we begin to learn about what the kingdom of God looks like on earth, we begin to feel more full. We begin to feel and we're able to see it easier day after day because it becomes a habit rather than a rarity. And it's so popular and so important to Christ, I think, that we understand this, that it's throughout the New Testament. I just want to give you a few examples. In Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist says the exact same phrase before Jesus even came. In Matthew chapter 10, when he sends out, if you were here this morning, Pastor Doug spoke a little bit about sending out of the disciples. He tells them that's their message. Their message is not go and, you know, Jesus loves you and Jesus is going to die. The message he sends out his disciples with into the land in Matthew chapter 10 is the kingdom of heaven has come near. In Acts chapter 1, after Jesus was resurrected, he says that he, it says that he spoke about the kingdom of God for 40 days. He didn't talk about himself. He didn't talk about his death and resurrection. He spoke about the kingdom of God and the life he offers to us. And in Acts chapter 8, 
when they were going around and ministering and evangelizing Paul and his disciples and these people, um, Philip, one of, one of the apostles, was preaching. And they preached on this. It says in Acts chapter 8, verse 12, they preached on the things concerning the kingdom of God. And in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. And Paul, in Acts chapter 19, spent three months preaching about the kingdom of God. So, when we look at the New Testament, when we look at the message of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, we realize it's not just heaven, is it? Paul and the disciples and the apostles would not go around simply preaching, okay, get saved and then wait until heaven. There must be more to this. There must be more to do in the meantime. We must have been made for much more. And when things are good, we don't always think about this. When life is going well, we don't always think about this. But anyone who's ever been through a dry season in life knows all too well that we don't always feel the kingdom. We don't always feel the nearness of Jesus. We don't always fear the, feel excuse me, the closeness of the Holy Spirit. And we get in these times where we just are waiting for heaven. And I confess, there was many days in the last year and a half or two years where that's where I was at. And yet, God promises, and Jesus promised, and Paul promised that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven has come near. So what are we to do? How do we as Christians respond to this message that they preached? I have a, I have a handful of reasons, and I have a few thoughts. How do we bring the kingdom to earth? I can only share what I've learned. I can only share who I am. And so this is what I have learned in this, in this area. This is going to sound odd, but one of the first things I need to do personally to experience the kingdom of God is to simply look up, make eye contact with the person at the store, make eye contact with the person in the street, make eye contact with the person at the you know, the airport who has three kids screaming and struggling with their bags and maybe offer to help. I've noticed that for me, really simply, for me, experiencing the kingdom of God, what's helpful is to stop thinking about myself and looking down and to actually look up and to see the eyes of another human being and wonder what God might be doing in their life and take the focus off of myself. Another thing I've learned, and some of you met... Um, my family here, uh, they'll laugh at this, um, is talking less and listening more. Um, I've realized that the way the Lord has shown me his kingdom on earth is through hearing other people's stories, through talking with other people about their life and their stories so that I can also take the focus off of myself. And, and I've found that even just two little things like this in the last however many months it's been, that my day is markedly better if I simply just take my eyes off of myself and talk and listen to other people and hear about their day, that my day is more fulfilled. And not only that, it's not just more fulfilled, but I actually feel the presence of God more. It's different for each of us. I think for each of us, we know, and something kind of stirs in our heart when we talk about these things, of something that we need to do or ought to do that we choose not to because, for whatever reason, we don't like to. And I think that one of the things we do, and when we look at this passage, 
is we need to realize as, as, as much as we don't like it sometimes is that this takes work. It takes effort. It takes being intentional. And it takes more than we've been putting in. And, and, and I don't want to say that we earn salvation because salvation is covered. But when I talk about experiencing the kingdom of God daily, Scripture tells us that it takes some work. If you look at the parables uh, Jesus teaches, there's, there's a lot of them. But one of them is my favorite, is the pearl of great price. When the man finds or the treasure in the field, when the man finds the treasure in the field, he doesn't just sit and wait for it to go to be up for sale. Or doesn't do it. He hides it and does everything he can. He sells all he has that he might buy it and obtain it. Or the parable of the talents, that these people are working and they're working and serving their master. It's our job. As Christians, we were called to work. And I think that one of the things, and one of the things at least God has been teaching me, is that experiencing the kingdom of God takes a little bit of effort on my part. And it takes a little bit of effort on our part as Christians to understand how to live in this kingdom on earth. Think about your gifts. Think about what God has made you to do. Think about your job. Think about your neighborhoods. Think about whatever it is. Maybe your family. Family, not this family, my, my side of the family, is a large conviction for me. I could do a lot more with my family. I know I could. And it's my job as a servant of Christ to do those things. And when we work and when we do the things God has called us to, that is how we experience the kingdom on earth, I believe. Even look at the Lord's Prayer. What does the Lord's Prayer say? Our, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. This is our job as Christians to bring the kingdom, to usher in the kingdom to this world for our time here until the Lord takes us home. We may be lucky, it may be tomorrow, but odds are it won't be. And in that case, this is our job, this is our goal. I think it's very clear in Scripture, and it gets me very excited to think about that the kingdom of God is here, that God is moving in this world, that God is moving in this city, that God is moving around the world. This morning, I was one of the things that I think led me to tears was the, the greeting time, which I completely forgot to do in uh, announcements, so I, for, I apologize for new people if you're new. Sorry. Uh, but one of the things that moved me to tears was that we have people standing up from all over the world. And immediately what happens is this person stands up from Japan and this person stands up and they're from Switzerland, but they're visiting. And then one person I remember, this young lady stood up and she said she's from Lebanon. And I remember that specifically because I think, what a hard place to, maybe, to be living these days. When was the last time I prayed for those people? You know, and, and we see the global church. And when we do these things and when we engage the kingdom daily, especially in a city like this, we begin to see what God's kingdom looks like on earth. We begin to see what God is doing all around us. And we begin to see a difference between our plans and God's plans. We begin to see a difference between what we would probably rather spend our day doing and what God would probably rather have us spend our day doing. And sometimes they're the same, but sometimes they're not. And surely we do all the things that church tells us to do. We pray and we read the Bible and we meet together and, we, and all of those things are good and they're great. But we don't do them as chores. We don't do them to check off a list. We do them because we as Christians desire that the kingdom of God would be here on earth so that we don't have to wait until heaven. So that we would experience the things Christ promised us, which is an abundant life. Not a life day-to-day struggling to make it through the day, struggling to figure out how we're going to find joy tomorrow. But a day that engages Scripture and engages our brothers and sisters in Christ 
to experience what God has for us and for them. And in this way, we as a church body come together from around the world and bring the kingdom to earth. But when we spend our days without repentance and doing the things we desire because we're too sad or we're too involved with what we need to do because our list is most important, we may miss it. Not eternally. Each day is new. But I know personally, having come out of a difficult season in life, having come out of a season of what I would call one step short of pretty miserable suffering, um, that we can still, in the worst of circumstances, experience the kingdom on earth. Because that is a promise of God. And this evening, we're going to be taking communion. And there's almost no better reminder of this, is there? That we don't suffer the way Christ suffered, because he suffered for us. And it's for that reason that we join together as a church body from around the world and remember the sacrifice that he made for us. That we can live in the kingdom and that we can have our hearts regenerated through the power of the Spirit to bring the kingdom to this earth. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you for today. Again, thank you for worship. Thank you for scripture and for truth. And Lord, thank you for bringing your kingdom here that we might share in it with you, if only just a piece of it, until we share in it with you for eternity. Lord, lead us and guide us as we come to the table of communion and worship. Show us our hearts and lead us in the way everlasting. Amen. And as we come to the table,